and I see these people selling products that I'm really interested in. So if it's like a dog bandana or a t-shirt, that's really cool. And um, as you probably can guess, zookeepers don't make a lot of money, but I happen to be very crafty. So I've started doing this thing where I find something on Instagram or whatever sale, Etsy, and then I make it myself. So this weekend I made this bandana that I've been watching for years. There, It's... It's like $30 to buy online plus shipping. And I feel like that's a little expensive. So I made my own and I'm so happy with how it came out. So that's what I've been doing. I'm proud. Yeah, this weekend I just made a bunch of uh, what is it, counterfeit crafts, I guess. <laughs> <I'm proud of laughs> I plagiarized the ideas, yeah. And you felt like it went well. Yeah, yeah, it looks so good. They look like really expensive, but they're totally not. I spent like $10 on the materials, so. How do you know, great. just from looking at the finished product, how do you know how to recreate that? Um, So I started getting into sewing recently. Uh, I'm oh. not very good at it. I just, when I'm trying to fall asleep at night, I'll watch videos of just mindless stuff to help me fall asleep. So it was this sewing video and this woman was sewing a ball gown and I was like, oh, she makes it look so easy. I could totally do that. Uh, I can't, but I did manage to make a bandana. So I had my mom help me. I went over to her house. She pulled out her sewing machine that's probably older than me, and we made it together. So That's yeah. sweet. Good for yeah. you. We've tried so, to recreate some things that we've seen online, and it hasn't gone well. But yeah. I mean, I recreate, like, turtle enclosures that I see online. You know what I mean? So, oh, yeah. You know, that works pretty well. Like. You could because you could recreate that, like you can re deconstruct it, right? You see how the wood goes together, and like mm -hmm. maybe I do it my own way, but I try to make it similar. But people know. who have an eye for that are really blessed. I I can really appreciate that. I have no eye for aesthetic like that. I don't believe you, but really, <laughs> that's okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they're that difficult. I, don't I just uh, I, so this is how I know. When I make an exhibit or if Nicole makes an exhibit, she's one yeah. of the other keepers. If she makes an exhibit, everyone's like, wow, oh my gosh, that looks so good. It's beautiful. <laughs> but then when I make it, Brian will be like, ah, <laughs> just add some stuff to it. <laughs> so, yeah. That's really funny. Mm -hmm. It's a true story. <laughs> hi, Mark. Mark says hi, everyone. Hi, Mark. Long time no see. You just left my hi, house Mark. 12 minutes ago. <laughs> I hope he's not watching while he's driving. He definitely yeah. is listening while he's driving. That's okay. yeah. We recommend, we don't recommend uh, distracted driving unless that distractedness includes the podcast. You can listen to us while you drive. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, building enclosures is fine. I agree, Mark. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hi, Ray. Good to, good to uh, see your name pop up, Ray. I appreciate you, man. Thanks for the birthday. That's a good reminder too, everybody. This is Anthony's birthday today. So everybody yeah, right. wish Anthony a happy birthday. Um, send him a free turtle, you know, for his birthday. <laughs> his wife will that's love it I if a hundred random boxes with turtles yeah. show up over the next two days. Yeah, happy so happy hundred. <laughs> <laughs> Cam, Cam, and first of all, I'm not supposed to talk to him until I introduce him, but Cam's here. Cam, Cam, what's another hundred turtles, right? Nothing, just drop in the bucket. Exactly, you wouldn't even notice it. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, you know? Yeah, happy birthday, Anthony. Thank you, thank you, Cam Cameron Lamb, thank you. I gave the full government, government since I didn't actually introduce you yet. But, you <laughs> What's up, Thanks everybody? This is great. Yeah, it's gonna be great, it's gonna be great. And uh, looking forward to, to getting into uh, episode 102 here. And uh, why don't we just go ahead and get that started right now? Yeah.
Welcome to the podcast, the destination for insightful discussions and interviews on the appreciation, conservation, and husbandry of reptiles with a focus on turtles and tortoises. Now, let's join our team of turtle nerds. Hey, guys. Woo! Let's go. It's official. Yeah. Podcast episode 102. Getting off with uh, no other than our, our esteemed guest, Mr. Cameron Lamb, the leader of the CPP for the TTPG, in case you couldn't remember that. My favorite is when Mark just calls it the TPG. He gets very, really lazy and just calls it the TPG. It makes me really excited. <laughs> Alphabet soup. Uh, it's, yeah, right? So many, <laughs> so many letters to keep track of. Uh, so my first question, Cameron, is how do you keep track of all of the letters? No, I'm just <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's not an easy one. I, I do the same thing as Mark. I'll just kind of roll it all into one. The TTPG CPP. <laughs> it's simple. Yeah, it's I keep getting simple. them confused by accident. Yeah. And we, yeah, well, I'm, you're, you're not like in it, Emily, as much as we are with the turtle stuff specifically, of course. And, you know, we were we were kind of there observing as things were coming together. Not the TTPG so much, but mm -hmm. their conference anyway. I can remember when... The first annual conference was happening. I was not there, but Cam, you weren't there either, right? You were not there in those days. Uh, but you're certainly there every year now. And um, I was able to check out your place last year, and we were able to, to spend some time together. And I think become a lot more close, you and I, over the last. Uh, not you know, I'm not saying you're like my soulmate or anything, but but we're definitely <laughs> a lot closer than we were. And um, I just appreciate you. You're one of the good guys. For sure. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. And, you know, everything you guys do here for the Turtle Room. Thank you. And we had you on our 100th episode or only two episodes ago now, but we obviously had a lot to talk about and we felt like it was kind of boiling over into, you know, what should have been an, uh, an entire episode. And so here we are to, to rectify that and make it happen. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. I appreciate it. Yeah, that was an awesome episode. Just to say, you know, everybody one one after the other. It was that was a great idea. It was cool. I think we need to do that like once a year. It was it was really fun and cool, and it was yes. also nice. Like like Charles Lee, I felt like he was there. Uh, Kevin's friend. He's not somebody who I think would want to be on a whole episode to you know talk about turtles for an entire hour for a turtle centric audience or reptile centric audience. But he's somebody who was nice to have him come on and tell a couple stories about about Kevin and about when they were younger. So that was really cool. It was a nice format for that sort of thing as well. If we had our stuff together, we could maybe do it and like have people donate to the turtle room or something if they wanted to come on and do a 10, 10 minute spot, like, you know, advertising for their business or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, we're not that smart though. <laughs> it's hard to coordinate. But... We're not that organized. We're not that coordinated. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Cam, do me a favor. Tell me something right now. You ready? Yeah. I think it's too tough to answer the question. What your favorite? What's your favorite turtle? So you can answer that if you want to. I want to know what's your favorite turtle, but it, species. But if you can't, then you can give us a list of like top three or top five or something like that. Top ten is fine too. Top fifteen. Top, top 10. twenty. <laughs> yeah. Um, top seventy-nine. What do you think? <laughs> uh, well, I think you know this, but I'm I'm I've been really getting into Quora lately. Um, I love the I love the Asian box turtles. You know, I I say that, but I also like to enjoy keeping multiple animals together, and that's not typically one that I like to keep or can keep multiple animals together. So, other than that fact, I really love 
you know, Cora, uh, Cora Brady, Galbinifrons. Um, I hope to kind of dive into those a little bit more here in the future, but it, those are one that I instantly fell in love with. Um, not necessarily just because they're rare, but because they're absolutely beautiful. You know, they're easy mm -hmm. to take care of, in my opinion. They grow really well, grow really fast. Um, you know, I've just enjoyed everything about them uh, in, in the somewhat short time period. You know, last couple of years that I've I've kept them, I, I would say the Quora, this is where I'm really headed towards. Are you just saying these sweet things to me because it's my birthday? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's trying to butter you up. He's trying to get one of those from you. Is he? Yeah. That's what happens. That's, that's what it is, yeah. I used to do this to people. I used to try to <laughs> manipulate people and be really nice to them because I wanted them to give me turtles, and now that's, that's it. I, I've been keeping an eye on your daily photos, you know, seeing what you're hatching out. And <laughs> So on, on a similar note, actually, Cameron, is there something you've got that would be a, like a new success for you this year that you're excited about? Good question. Yeah. That is a yes. good question. Um, you know what, I've, I was excited to, to get uh, Rhino Clemmies and Siza eggs this year. That was that was exciting for me. Um, I mean, I know they're not a super popular species, but I think a lot of the the the, the, the boring animals don't get as much love as they need. And I think Rhino Clemmies is one of them. Um, I, I, I that's really the only species in Rhino Clemmies that I keep. But I'd like to I'd like to eventually get some more. Um, but I was excited about that. Uh, I. I Got some uh, Vietnamese pond turtle eggs the other day. That was pretty exciting. I've only had them, you know, about a year or so. Um, what else? Uh, this year, I, I really dabbled into Galapagos, so that's been exciting. Um, you know, obviously, I'm decades away for pr producing any myself, but I've I have the opportunity to to raise some up thanks to some some great friends with uh, within the community. So I'm really excited about that as well. The best time to get Galapagos tortoises, aldabras, radiata, blandings is 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. Whenever. <laughs> yeah. They just take yeah. so long. You know? Back to the future, baby. That's true. <laughs> true. So you got to get started. There's no better time than now or yesterday. The only time better yeah, than I now mean, is yesterday. I mean, I mean, even, even like my map turtles, right? 10 years, yeah, really 11 point. years, well, right? Like, you, yeah, you've yeah. been keeping Texas maps for like 14 years, haven't you? And yeah, yeah, right. 14 years. The same could probably friend, be know. said about your spider tortoises. Yeah. Yeah. I think I was 11 years on those, but yeah, that's it. That's all yeah. it takes. Just 11 years of waiting. Is, that's nothing. Yeah. <laughs> that's all it takes. And that's yeah. like power feeding with like Missouri tortoise, you know, once or twice a week. And yeah, and and growing them as fast as possible because that 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 active window is so short that you have to you know they don't grow in in the six months that they go dormant they they're just nothing's going to happen so you have to pack everything into that growing period. Do your guys actually eat the Missouri tortoise? Yeah, our guys hate it here. Well, yeah, it's just which of the two diets are you using, Emily? Remember, there's two different. Yeah. We tried both of them. Um, okay. So we, I think they changed the formula at some point when we were using them a few years ago because I actually ended up calling and I was just like, our turtles loved it and now they hate it. So they sent us <laughs> a different bag and I was like, maybe we ordered the wrong one. No, there was just a hunger strike here. No one liked it. So we switched to Rapashi now. And um, mm. even though it's not as cost effective, they love it. So 
Um, Interesting. That's what we're using. Actually, yeah, everything, all the, the everyone here likes Missouri except pancake tortoises, they're, but they're just like pancake tortoises barely need to eat. They just once in a while they eat and I'm happy. And if they, if they, if they skip a meal or they don't really like something, it's not the end of the world. Cause that's just like, they're like my, my dog. Keep my that slim figure. Yeah. My, <laughs> my six year old doesn't like anything. It's like, you know, it's the wrong box of macaroni and cheese and then it can't be consumed, you know? Pancakes yeah. are very much like a six-year-old girl. Yeah. I've noticed that with our pancakes too, that if I feed them first thing in the morning, they wake up and they're ravenous. But if I drop mm. one leaf in the afternoon, they're just like, oh, no, thank you. So I don't know. They're really picky. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Creatures of habit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They, they follow a pretty strict routine. Yeah. Do, do you have pancakes too? I do. Yeah. Yeah. I've, oh, okay. Uh, I've been able to hatch a couple out over the last couple of years and they're, nice. yeah, they're, they're picky. They're picky animals. Um, I would say with the Missouri, a lot of times it takes some coercing, you know, they, they, they need to be soaked in some, some, some water or some, you know, hibiscus leaf or something to change the color of it. You know, sometimes you can uh, throw some dried greens on there to encourage them to want it. Uh, other times even just kind of giving them a little bit of a, a, a a break in between days and, and and almost starving them a little bit they'll be more encouraged to eat it and try it out at least yeah mm -hmm. it makes sense Ooh, i'll, like I'll stuff idea. it i'll stuff the wet missouri into like a head of romaine because they like romaine mm -hmm. to try to get them to eat it but it's still they just like eat all the green around it and then just leave a clump of missouri that was in the middle it's just kind of <laughs> sitting there you could tell they did everything they could do not to eat that and just eat the romaine <laughs> I do that too, the pellet taco. We've tried that. Yeah, yeah. I also try to give them variety, but I noticed when it's like a collard greens day, everyone is just like, no, thank you. If it's a, a kale day, everyone suddenly stops eating. But then on a romaine day, everyone's just like, that is the good stuff. So I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I try to offer variety, but they won't take it. So yeah. <laughs> Turtles, Seriously. man. Go back. Turtles. Speaking of turtle, turtles, I need to go back to the Asian turtle comment because uh, because I'm me. So, uh, what what is your favorite Asian turtle behaviorally that you have in in terms of interacting with you and you're observing them and that sort of thing? Because I know, like like the the flower the Galbinifrons complex, the flowerback box turtles are as beautiful as any animal in the world, in my opinion. However, uh, I don't think that those are the best behaviorally. What would you say? Yeah, I would agree. They're they're not they're not the uh, the most entertaining, but they're they're beautiful on their own. They're they're, they're neat enough to to want to work with them. Um, you know, just sitting there, you know, looking at their 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 neck go in and yeah. out, and just the the way that they look at you. A lot of them. Um, you know, they're, they're, again, they're creatures of habit. So a lot of them will get used to who feeds them. Um, they'll start recognizing you. But I would, I would agree, Galbinifrons, Beretti, they're not the most entertaining, I should say, to keep. Uh, however, on the reverse side of that, Flavo Marginata are one of the best turtles, in my opinion, to keep. Um, absolutely awesome personalities. Will come running for you. Um, you know, just, just super, super fun species to keep. And they're hardy. They grow well. I mean, I it's 115 degrees out here right now, and they're outside wow. just sitting in the pool. And you know, they'll in the evenings they'll come out, they'll see me wandering around, and they'll all start you know looking for me. And they're just an absolute blast to keep. I love them so much. 
That's awesome. That's uh, that's the piece too, that adaptability piece, because I keep them outside and I've kept them outside year round here in Connecticut, which is super duper humid, whereas you're in the desert where it's much drier. Uh, super humid here, super cold in the winter, cold and wet. Uh, yeah. And they do well. And then here you are in the desert saying they do well there as well. So yeah, that's yeah, super adaptable. Yeah. Right? Awesome. I mean, that's what we're looking for is the right species that can, you know, leave a little bit of um, area for, you know, a, adapting to wherever you're putting them instead of just, you know, trying to fit something to, to your environment that won't work for them. It's a lot of trial and error. It helps if the species helps you out a little bit. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. They're they're one of the best. I encourage anybody looking to get into Asian turtles to, to look at Flava marginata. Yeah, they you can keep, love interacting with people. <laughs> you uh, you they you protect your toes too. Uh, you you keep uh flavos outside you keep water turtles outside and then you keep tortoises outside are there any other box turtles or anything like that, that you're keeping outside are there ornate uh, or desert box turtles or anything like that yeah i keep a group of luteola the desert ornate box turtles and then i also keep a, a group of triangus uh, three-toed box turtles um you know but both of them the, the, the ornates i mean they're native down south so they don't really mind our, our weather all that much during the day same thing they just go bury themselves and hide um they'll come out in the evenings uh the three toads they, they do pretty well you, you do need to offer them some misters or some daily source of water to continue to cool down both them and the pen um but yeah, I, I keep a couple different kinds, but that's not to say you can't keep uh, Florida's. That's not to say you can't keep Eastern box turtles. You know, it, it, it'd be more of a challenge, but it can definitely be done. Um, I just haven't gotten there yet. I, I always say that I, I try to keep species that I don't have to fight with as far as the mm -hmm. weather goes and, you know, things that make sense to keep in my, envi my environment. But here I am, you know, with uh, a, a ton of, Asian species and some Correct. you know tropical species that would historically just not do well here, but you know it's all it's all comes down to the environment you provide for them, regardless if it's 115 degrees or if it's you know 70 degrees where you know where some of you guys might be enjoying. <laughs> Are you manually spraying them, or do you have a misting sister a misting system? Set up. Uh, I've, yeah, so when, that was the first thing that I did when I bought this house about five five years ago. Now is turtle pens. That that was the big move. I had to set them up as fast as, as efficiently as possible. So I I basically ran the entire line of turtle pens with a, a, a source of water, um, whether it's just a dripper dripping into a water bowl or a dish, or whether it's a mister that sprays a good chunk of the enclosure. Depending on the species, I'll change it up a little bit. But yeah, that was that was thing something that I had to do right away uh, moving here. It's that's that's one thing you learn very quick living in the desert is there's no room for error. Uh, mm -hmm. You go one or two days without you know say my water source goes down and you know they're not getting misted or they're not getting that daily source of water. Then you you run into a problem very fast. It's not like you have a a lot of room for error. Mm -hmm. So. It's yeah, I saw about the, I, I saw a photo of your um, Flavo pen, Chinese box turtle pen, and you had like some elephant ears growing, and I'm like, that's that's not going to grow easily in Arizona without you tending to it and giving it some water. Oh wow, yeah. Well, yeah. 
no. And, and it does really well as long as it's getting a, a constant daily source of water. I've got it grown in, you know, just regular stock tanks with turtles in them. I've got it grown in the ground, it, uh, but it does require a good amount of water. Um, and so, you know, I, I try to give each individual enclosure a chance to both dry out and stay wet, depending on the species. So it's always kind of uh, a gamble at what you try to introduce outside. But, um, you know, like Testudo, they do great out here. They, they don't need a whole lot. Um, you know, marginated, Hermans, Russians, Greeks, those things really thrive here in the desert. So I like, I really enjoy keeping those guys just because they do so well here. Um, everything else takes a little bit more uh, attention on the, in the enclosure and how to set it up. What species are you breeding most successfully? Like what are the species that you just feel like, and I'm sorry, I don't want to jinx it because you'd be like, oh, I'm doing so great. I'm like, <laughs> down here or something and be like, Anthony, you're the worst. Cause I know I get how it goes, but what do you think are the ones that you consistently feel good about your chances of, of doing well with? You know, believe it or not, uh, I know this is nowhere near where they're native to, but my spotted turtles, my North American spotted turtles have been cranking out eggs this year. Um, wow. They've been doing really, really well. Um, and the Hermans, the Hermans have been doing really, really well. I mean, if I wanted to, I can probably crank out a couple thousand sulcatas as well. I just, it's <laughs> not what I really want to do. Um, not saying I'm against it. I just, uh, I, I like, I like the, the smaller species that won't destroy my backyard. Um, but spotted turtles, man, they're, they're doing really, really well for me this year. My diamondback terrapins also, they do really, really well. Um, these are animals that I've been raising the last, you know, several years and I've really got established here. So they're used to my environment. They're used to where they're at. And, and you know, this year it seems like they all really came online and, 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 and like clockwork have been dropping eggs left and right. That's awesome. Yeah. Matthew asked me what I'm most successful with. And my answer is, I don't know. I wish I did. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I, I might say like Chinese box turtles, but I had a really bad year with them this year. You know, in terms of getting eggs, it's probably, you know, the, the leaf turtles, Spangler eye, the Vietnamese black breasted leaf turtles, but I haven't been able to hatch them six, uh, consistently for several years. I, I've, I've hatched, I hatch them every year. I just don't hatch consistently. So yeah, he said he did that oh, to yeah, Jinxie. That's that. okay. That's cool. But I mean, you can't jinx me if I also tell you in the same breath that I saw. <laughs> oh, happy birthday. Happy birthday. It's okay. The spot is in the terrapins. Do you um, keep those outside or inside? They're outside. Yep. Full time or full year round uh, outside enclosures. The spotted turtles, they're, they're, they're pretty much under shade the majority of the day. They'll get a little bit of afternoon sun. Um, You're up near Phoenix? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just outside Eastside Valley of Phoenix. Okay, so you do get some cool winter weather up there. Yeah, yeah, fair. It gets cool, but it's it's really only for a week or two at a time. You know, right? We'll, but you we'll still get... do get some coolness, which they probably appreciate in the winter. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, we'll we'll get a couple days in you know the 30s, uh, maybe in the high 20s. Um, but yeah, it really only lasts a week or so. <laughs> it's not long. Yeah, but the the other thing that you get in the desert though is a night drop, which is really important for. And I'm you're not getting a real night drop right now, but but in the you know when we go out there for the conference, it's cold at night and it's cold in the morning. Yeah, 
Yeah, cool, absolutely. Which I'm sure a lot of species really appreciate that day night mm -hmm. cycle. Yeah, definitely not right now though. It's uh, it's still 90 degrees at 10 o'clock at night right now. Ooh. It's it's no. Oh yeah. man. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, it's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's just it's so. Are crazy. you keeping anything inside? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I keep um. Well, I don't keep a lot of adults inside. I've got my rhino clemmies inside, but the majority of the stuff that's inside are animals that I'm raising up. Um, you know, I'll I'll have to figure some stuff out with uh, with a quora here soon. I don't plan on putting them outside, but they're getting to a, a size where I need to start thinking about indoor enclosures and and start figuring that out uh, long term because it's always it's always about space. Uh, and luckily, oh, yeah. I, yeah, luckily I just finished a building on my property that just got me a whole lot more space. So I'm excited about that. And I'm excited to, to fill it with some more turtles. It's currently just full of iguanas right now, but Ooh. I'd like to, like to convert. Awesome. <laughs> That's lame. Don't, don't tell me that. I, I, I appreciate you so much. <laughs> Wait, what kind of iguanas? Oh, I she had yeah, I wanted to go there. I knew she was going there. <laughs> Yeah, I keep a couple of cyclora, uh, rock iguana, or no, uh, Lewis eye hybrids, uh, rhino iguanas, uh, a couple of the hypo green iguanas, mm -hmm. um, and one tinosaurus. Okay, that's cool. I like yeah. that. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so, kind of have a natural break here. There's something I wanted to make sure uh, we did tonight. Um, and I, I know uh, TTBG has their own conference, but the Turtle Room's actually one of the uh, top sponsors of a new conference that's being held in South Florida in September. So I wanted to quick um, promo that a little bit here. Um, so let me uh, just uh, get that one big shot Woo! up there. Um, nice. And uh, it's called Herpeton, the uh, South Florida Herpetological Conference. Um, I'm going to, you can kind of see our logo there. I'm going to run a little graphic here as well so you guys can see the web address if you want to go check some more out about, about this conference. Um, here it is. Um, so we're really happy to uh, be sponsoring this. Uh, Jordan Donini, who uh, I'm sure some of several of you have, are familiar with his name at least, is uh, leading this effort to put on this conference. Um, good friend of ours, Chris Lekowitz, is one of the uh, two keynote speakers for the conference as well. So highly encourage. Um, there's there's only like I think like ten or fifteen seats open left at the conference because. You know, first year, you're never sure how big it's going to be. So you don't like rent like a giant space, right? So their space can hold 80. Last I knew they had around 65 registered. Um, so get yourself down to Florida. Um, check out the South Florida Herpetological Conference. Get yourself some swag from the Turtle Room in the process. Uh, keeping it quiet on what that is, you'll get to see it if you're there or after if you didn't attend. Um, anyway. Wanted to drop that in here. That's we cool. had a good break there, so I wanted to toss that up. Um, we'll remind you guys at the end of the show again, it is in late September, so you're about six, seven weeks away. That's awesome. I haven't uh, I haven't met Jordan before, but I did listen to his uh, podcast last week he was on. Chris is a great supporter of the CPP, so we've, we've been able to chat recently. He's a great guy, so that sounds awesome. That's awesome. I'm happy to hear that, that Chris is supporting you as well. And and just so everyone knows too, our, our good friend Ralph Till will be speaking at that conference yeah. as well. 
It's, it's, a, it's a great lineup. Great lineup of speakers. He's like what? Um, oh, what the heck is what the heck is his name? What the heck is that actor's name? Who's been a host on SNL the most? I mean, I guess it's Steve Martin now, but there was somebody else. Oh, John Goodman oh. Uh, was on there a lot. Yeah, yeah. Ralph Till is kind of one of those who's been on the podcast as a guest, maybe second most. He's like John Goodman, and Chris Leone is like. Steve Martin. Yeah. Um, the other, yeah. the other, um, the other headlining sponsor is, uh, is Chris Leckwitz's organization that, that um, he's part of the Sanibel Captiva Conservation Foundation. I can't remember Chris's title, but, um, but yeah. Chris is the best. I'm so happy to hear that he's supporting the, um, the CPP. And by the way, when I'm talking about John Goodman and Steve Martin, I was talking about SNL hosting SNL, but I didn't, I never mentioned the, I never mentioned this now. <laughs> more, more like I think I knew what you meant, though. So, yeah, you're what, good. what am I talking yeah. about? Yeah, some people probably did, but most <laughs> not. It happens. it happens. So you said Chris is supporting the CPP. That's awesome. What we talked about the CPP two episodes ago, so we don't have to take a deep dive into what that is. But how are things going? Have things even progressed in the last couple months since we chatted? Yeah, uh, things are going well, I think. Last time I, I wanted to say uh, I was at 80 or 90 animals that had been moved through the CPP. And I, I was actually doing a count right before for this uh, podcast. And we're at 170 animals. Oh, wow. So I was pretty excited about One, that. 170. 170 with 26 species. 26? Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. And what percentage would you guess of those have come through you? A small amount, right? Just a couple of species. Ideally, as little as possible. Uh, but we did get a big donation from uh, Wayne Hill that was a lot of animals that had to move yeah. through. Um, so that 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 does make up a big chunk of the animals that uh, make up that 170. Um, but you know, there's there's a lot of a lot of this is what I really like about the CPP is. It starts a conversation and engages people to, to start communicating with each other on their own. And they probably wouldn't naturally do that unless this program was around. So, yes, I, I, I kind of oversee this program, but it, it, it kind of takes its own um, steps on its own with, within members just communicating like, oh, like, I can just send you animals and we can work together on this. Like, I don't know why, why it took this program to do that. And I'm not, not, not saying I'm taking credit for all of that at all, because obviously people have been doing that forever, but uh, it's really started a conversation piece and, and really got and members engaged with, in, with each other. Um, you know, I can say Matt, Matt Hills has talked to a lot of members and he, you know, he, he makes sure he communicates that with me and, and just so I can keep track of things and where animals went. And um, so I don't know exact percentage of animals that went through me, uh, but I definitely am in communication with a lot of it, uh, a lot of the animals moving through anyway. That's great. I love it because you're giving people a chance too, right? There's a lot of people that, you know, will talk a good game and they'll talk about what they want, what they want to be involved in. And there's so many of them that it's really difficult to kind of get a grasp on, on who will really show that they are in it for the long haul and in it for the right reasons and are worthy of an opportunity to do that mm -hmm. sort of stuff. And this is a great opportunity to connect those people that are looking for people who are trustworthy and we give them a shot. And by, I say we, but I mean, I'm a member of the TTPG lifetime, a lifetime membership <laughs> to the TTPG. 
so I could say we. I mean, if I could say we when I'm at a Yankees game, then I could definitely say we when I'm talking. <laughs> to you. you you can, uh, no, you can not, a, not a director. You can definitely say we because this is a a sponsors or a, a member supported program. You know, everybody takes a part of it. All I'm doing is is trying to get the wheels turning and, and connecting people that you know are interested in, in some of these animals. And the great thing about it is it's uh, you know it is including a lot of the newer members who are like, oh, I'll never be able to work with this or that species but you know it it really gets it gets them involved and and i and i love to see that i love people uh you know posting on the group oh these are some of the animals i just received uh thank you for this program because it gets more people excited about it and um and i just i love the direction it's going and i think it's 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 here to stay Mm -hmm. it's great i i just i'm very excited for and on some level envious for the opportunity you have to kind of be the gatekeeper here too because you get to kind of see the people who are being very generous and trying to to make those connections with their animals and then also you have the people who are new you're getting to know them early on in a position where they're very grateful for your help uh i just think that's terrific and i'm so happy that it's you because because i trust you to do the right thing and i know everyone else who works with you trusts you to do the right thing and i think that's really cool yeah uh and and i guess that leads me to two other points i want to make and i guess we can get into one and then the other but i'll just say what they are so i don't forget number one is you 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 sell animals but you're one of the rare people like a michael Tatubaswamy, who are who sell animals but in my mind and and in my book and anyone who works with like i said see you as a very trustworthy upstanding person who does it the right way and that's important, and I think it's it can be kind of rare. Uh, it's not always the case with most folks. So I want to talk about that, and then I also just want to talk about the fact that, and we can start with this one, and then hopefully re- remind me guys if I forget to go into that one. But I also want to talk about the fact that the CPP, a decent amount of the animals that have gone through that are ESA listed animals, and uh, the, so they're they're changing hands, and there's not a bunch of money there's not money changing hands for these animals it's 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 not they're they're not being used for uh you know um what's the what's the word that they use uh commercial purposes interstate or or what have you commerce commerce yeah and it really is incredible because it's giving a real concentrated uh effort towards dispersing these animals into different states so it's almost like it takes that real that real bummer and and uh, like contraindication for breeding these esa listed animals kind of out of the picture because now it is it's like it's worth breeding them again you know because like it's one thing to feel like well i don't want to breed them because i'm not going to make money like like to me i'm like eh, well i don't really breed animals for money but some people have like now with the listing of the Egyptian tortoise is like, well, should I even breed these anymore? Like, um, because I, I don't know where they should go. And I think this is a nice blueprint as, as our, as our rights continue to be taken away as keepers to continue to do things the right way and make sure that people are having access to animals. So let's talk about that first. Like, what are your thoughts with that around the ESA? Yeah. Yeah. So, one thing I really try to focus on is is 
establishing, not necessarily establishing, but sending animals to states that they are not well represented in. Um, I think that probably is going to be the biggest benefit from, from sending ESA animals uh, is really being able to get these animals across state lines into states that they're not well represented in so that maybe in the future they can be and people won't have the the idea in their mind that, oh, I'm never going to be able to work with this species because it's not in my state. Hey, nobody breeds radiated tortoises in Nebraska, you know, that kind of thing. So, um, you know, I really, really try to keep an eye on what states these animals are going to. And, uh, you know, Chris has, has been a really good um, uh, supporter of that as well. He keeps a li list of, you know, which states he sent animals to. You know, I keep a, I keep a large list of, I track everything, wherever all these animals are going to, how many they went uh you know all that kind of kind of stuff and chris does the same with his own animals on his own so it's uh that i think that's really important you know taking away the monetary value of the animal i think you know you guys have definitely talked about that before taking away the monetary value of the animal and, and really just getting them out there without having to drop you know five or six hundred dollars or without having to break the law to get some of these animals so um you know, I really enjoy doing that. I really try to make that a focus on, on getting these animals where, where they should be. You know, it's it's easier said than done on certain species. You know, not everybody can keep South American spotted turtles. Uh, you know, not everyone can keep Hamiltoni. You know, they just get big. They require warm water. Um, however, if that keeper is up for it and they're, they're willing to give it a shot, I'm willing to, you know, give them the trust and ability to, to work with that species. Um, you know, it, it could be a little bit of a challenge sometimes trying to justify sending animals to Minnesota or something like that. But, um, you know, I, I definitely think that's this this program helps in a way to, to, to really get those species into people's hands. You know, Ralph Till has reached out. I gave him a list of uh, people that I thought would be worthy to, 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 to work with some of these species, not necessarily worthy, but are interested and, in my opinion, uh, responsible keepers and, and kind of left it up to him, you know, make it make him have the, the final say in it because at the end of the day, they're his animals. Um, you know, I'm just here as support. I'm here to to give them that resource that probably wasn't around, you know, everyone wants to work with uh, certain species out loud but this actually is, is, is nice because it's a list i can refer to and, and go back and forth all all the time really i'm constantly going through my list of surveys and seeing who who lives in what state and what they want to work with and, and getting those in contact with uh the, the right people um so yeah yeah esa animals they're a top priority for the program um now, with that being said, I don't want people to be discouraged on, you know, hey, I've got Russian tortoises. I don't I don't think, you know, anyone wants to work with them. That's that's not true at all. You know, I've been sending diamondback terrapins out lately. I've been sending, um, you know, uh, river cooters, things like that, that, you know, people show an interest in. Uh, I'm the middleman. That's great. Yeah, you talked about that use that were worthy and then kind of walked it back a little bit. But I think... I mean, I think it's a good word. I, I can remember a time when all I wanted was for somebody like Russ Gurley to return. <laughs> I think I can remember talking, talk, and I still feel that's that all. Russ, everybody who on, works for the TTPG, all they want some days. Hold on, <laughs> hold on. Take it easy, because I love, I love. Russ I know. That was not supposed to be a I fight. Know. My point is, 
my point is, and this, and, and this is, I can remember in those days too, talking to a friend named Steve about how all I wanted was for people to take me seriously. Like I care, I'm, I'm smart enough. I care enough. Yeah. I'm going to dedicate my life. I'm dedicating my life to this. And, and I can't even find animals to buy, let alone animals to be given to me from something like the C, the CP, the CPP. So I think the, the thing that I can say is that now I'm the person that people want to return their messages and their emails. <laughs> and I, and I don't because I'm flaky, you know, I'm right there with Russ and others who are busy and, and, flaky and, and get, getting me and Russ together. I, I want you to know, I'll tell you, I ghost Russ, Russell me messaged me. And then it's like four days later and I'm like, Oh crap. I never <laughs> So one good turn I'll deserves that, another. <laughs> right? That's it. So if you ever feel like Russ is upsetting you or I am, just know that it happens to us too. And it's usually from each other uh, and others. But anyway, like um, oh, all I wanted to do was be taken seriously and to have animals where like I could be proud of what I was doing and feel like I was doing something important. And I felt for many years like it was just like I, I was just operating like at a loss where like it was like, you know, yeah, it made me happy on some level, but I knew I wanted to do more. And I guess my point is that it's um, it's it's a cumulative thing that happens over a long time. And now, because of the CPP, I think it will accelerate that for people. And they may have an opportunity to come along the line, come down, you know, um, come to them a little earlier, and for them to really take it seriously, because that's how you take the next step is to show like I did this and then I sent an update six months later and I sent an update a year later. And when I didn't want the animal anymore, three years later, I gave it back to the person from whom it came. Like those are the thing, the ways that you show that you're really into it and you're really trustworthy as opposed to just like, mm, I need 20 bucks. So I'll sell this within my state and hopefully they don't know. Uh, that's, you know, and then the animal, oh, yeah, after the fact, after they asked, oh, yeah, the animal died, like, mm, that leaves a bad taste. So, like, be communicative, don't don't let the, the lines of communication fall and just show, you know, this is your opportunity to show over time that you are really in it for the right. Exactly. Reason. And I and I kind of took back that word, that word worthiness, just because I didn't want to sound like I'm on some high horse making all these godlike decisions. I, I mean, it's really it's. It, it can go both ways, you know. Uh, it, it is an opportunity to show um, your ability to take care of an animal and, and to really, yeah, take it seriously. You know, if I see these animals on fauna classifieds or uh, king snake, or oh, that's not so popular anymore, but, um, you know, if I see them for sale, then, you know, I, I kind of have to just write you off and not send you any more animals. But at the same time, uh, I still have to give everybody the opportunity to, to show that they're, they're capable of doing it. That's what's so cool about it. I just love it. I think it's great. I think it's great. And then you're also keeping track of stuff too. Like, like Matthew in the chat here was saying, Hey, I've got some other animals I need to tell you about because he's vetting people on his own and finding people for animals that he wants to place. But he's a TTBG member who's doing this out of the spirit of the CPP. He's letting you know, and that's a part of the action as well. So it's kind of keeping track of, of all of those animals that need placements and are going to places because it's the right place. Exactly. For the animal. So it's just great. All yeah, exactly. Matthew is a good, good uh, example of, of why this program is important too, though. You know, he, he runs a rescue, he's taken in animals, uh, you know, fairly regularly and that need to be placed. And this is a perfect program for it. You know, if he gets an animal that, you know, it's not something he works with or wants to work with, maybe I can go through my list and see if there is somebody out there that uh, this animal is better in hands with or, or somebody's working with and then looking to acquire more. So 
he's a he's a great example for the program, um, and uh, I, you know I appreciate his support. That's great. So, how many people are involved in the CPP? Is that mostly you, or is it a few people who have their hands in that and running it? Um, so, I I keep track of it all. I keep track of uh, you know who 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 they go to. You know, um, I, animals come in through the TTPG from time to time. You know, some of the board members will get an animal and then reach out to me. Um, but for the most part, it's it's, it's mainly my gig that I'm kind of you know, running with and, and, you know, trying to make happen. I, I do stay in communication with all the board members though, as well. You know, when a large group of animals come in, you know, Hey, this person took this animal, this person took this animal kind of thing. But for the most part, uh, I'm, I'm the one running it, you know, uh, Michael, he, he supports me a lot with this. Um, he, absolute great guy. He, he just, uh, you know, he supports me in anything that I, I need to do within the program. And, you know, I'm very grateful for that. Mm -hmm. So the TTPG um, is all volunteer run, right? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Okay. So, mm -hmm. But yeah, kind of um, reverting back to, mm -hmm. I guess, the business side of things. Uh, I know you wanted to talk about that. So um, I, I do. So I've been keeping reptiles. Sure do. Yeah, yeah. I've been keeping reptiles pretty much my whole life. Um, about a decade ago, maybe more, maybe a little bit less than that, a good friend of mine um, kind of got me into brokering animals. You know, I was I was dealing with the public. I was advertising and selling, and I, I just started to get more and more people reach out to me and say, hey, I've got these animals. Do you mind uh, selling them for me? And within that, I kind of built up my own reputation. I've kind of added a lot of new friends over the years and so people kind of entrust me to help move animals for them uh over the years so it uh it's kind of evolved you know over the last couple of years i've started not not a couple of years several years i've i've started uh you know breeding my own animals selling my own animals um and kind of how that relates to the CPP is, you know, recently we got a donation of some Northern Diamondback Terrapins. Well, at the same time, I was hatching my own Diamondback Terrapins. So on one hand, I'm selling Diamondback Terrapins. On the other hand, I'm giving away Diamondback Terrapins. So that's where the two kind of crossed a little bit. Uh, and, you know, that's where, like, I really have to take, take into consideration, you know, the, the animals that people are willing to, to give to me to, to move and make the right decisions not to want to just say, hey, these animals were free, I might as well sell them or, you know, vice versa. So it's kind of a, 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 a gray, a red, real red line that I try to stay on, um, you know, regarding that, that, that kind of side of the things. Mm -hmm. Do you yeah, that's really tough. And I think even that you're considering that is, is what I mean when I say you're one of, you know, you're doing things the right way. It's, it's very obvious. Um, yeah. So do you have a, um, is there anything you ask people to sign when you guys send them animals through that? Like I will offer these back to the owner. I will not sell these turtles I've got or anything along those lines. Like there's like, there's some kind of code of conduct isn't quite what I'm going for, but some kind of like legit promise. Like, you know what? I'm not going to like be the guy who, turns around and sells animals that I got for free for several hundred dollars kind of a thing. Like, do you have any kind of structure in line that like you can hold people accountable if it comes to that? Yeah. 
or just curious? Um, honestly, no, and, and it's kind of difficult to do because once you add, you start adding all these these strings, you know, it, it people start getting less and less interested in it. So it's really just based off trust. Um, I do have a letterhead that I'll throw in. You know, every box that I send out, if if I get the, if I'm getting the animals, I'll send a little letter out, just kind of explaining what the CPP is. Um, you know, and hey, if at any point or time you get to a point where you don't want these animals or you can no longer take care of these animals, uh, you know, I want to be the first person you reach out to to rehome yeah. them than having them sell it. But no, it, it's really based off of trust, and that's kind of like what we were talking about earlier, where you know, if if someone burns me once. I mean, I've obviously just have to remove them from the list and never sell them turtles again yeah. or send them turtles again. Well, so, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a fair consequence too, right? If you hear about it, like it's, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's one of those fine lines. Um, you know, the, in some ways you want the people who wouldn't care if they have to sign something, but you don't want to have to, you don't want to feel like you have to go to that route either, you know. But I was yeah. just curious, like what kinds of, um, you know, structures, I guess you you've kind of tried to put in place or anything, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely thought about it. I just, uh, you know, with with 170 animals so far that we've moved through the program, um, you know, it just it would it would require an extra st- step that I just don't know if I'm ready yet for. But that is something I want to consider, you know, in the future. Um, some type of accountability, uh, you know, just to kind of you know hold people responsible if they do decide to 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 get rid of these animals later on down the road but it's all just based on trust as of now you know likely we haven't haven't really had anything go wrong yet but knock on wood that's it still can happen and you know who knows maybe people just get these animals and 10 years later they're like oh i forgot this is where i got it from you know i i just sold them you know a year or two ago so you never really know it's it's a tough one yeah mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I hate to I hate to be the one to do it, but I, I, you know, I think it depends. What are you trying to get out of this, right? And and that was something with like the TMG for the TSA for Flavos. I know I brought that up before, and I talked about it the last time I spoke at, at the TTPG conference in 2018. Uh, the numbers for that have been really bad, and that's that's a program. You know, it's got the, the backing of the TSA. It's part of the TSA. Uh, you sign paperwork at the beginning. You get animals for free or next to free. Uh, you have to have a membership to be eligible. You know, all the all the prerequisites that you think that they should put into place. And the majority of those animals are now no longer accounted for. They either died or we saw, you know, animals with the notches showing up at reptile shows being sold. Uh, and they were people who really wanted. And, and you also, when they were first sending them out, you, there was a stipulation that you had to send measurements in every six months. And you should see the emails go out and you should see the, wow. the responses from people like, are you kidding me? Some of us have lives. So like, <laughs> you signed up for this. You literally wrote, you signed the paperwork that said all you were going to do was send a, a, a measurement every six months. And these are the reasons why the private sector looks so foolish sometimes. Yeah. Because here's, you know, an organization that wants to try to co- collaborate with us and we blew it. It's like, you think you're going to get the Aro Capitata now? No, you're not. Because you couldn't handle the flavors. And that's the whole point. And that's where I've come, you know, kind of full circle. I was kind of just disgusted like eight years ago when I was hearing reports of what was happening with a lot of those animals. But it's like, you know what? This is an opportunity to to kind of figure out who's who. And people will people will show their true colors, Mm -hmm. I think. And and what a great reason to do this. 
And, and then some of those animals are going to have amazing lives. They're not going to be stuck in the state in which they were, they were bred. And they're going to have an opportunity to be, uh, you know, the new founders for a new population of, of captive animals. Yeah. Uh, and then the people who got them. So I, I, I talk to Ralph all the time. He's, he's one of my best friends and, and we talk and, and, you know, if Ralph can create a cadre of new Ralphs, right? Like take any species you care about, right? If you, and, and it might be tougher with a species like Kilbinifranza Beretti, to be honest. But if you, if Cam, as somebody who loves flowerback box turtles, if you in your lifetime can, and this is a tough species, so let's say, or a tough couple of species. So let's say you create three new Camerons who are obsessed with flowerback box turtles and have them and have an opportunity to breed them the way you did because of the work you've done, then your life work has been a success. Right. And it's the same thing with Ralph. If he can create five or 10 Egyptian breeders in his lifetime, that can be the next generation of him. He's been successful. And the CP, the CPP gives a, a great opportunity to do that. Yeah, I agree. You know, it's, it's kind of what I was saying earlier. When you, when you add too many stipulations, it, it gets really difficult to, to follow up on it. And who wants to follow up on them? You know, it's, it's just too much at this time. It would be a good idea, but you know, it, it all goes back to who you can trust within the community and, you know, I might make a better decision later on, you know, on, on who I might send animals to based off kind of what I'm seeing in the forums or what people are saying. And, but yeah, I mean, it, you want to kind of leave your mark, you know, if, if someone has, has an interest to work with Egyptian tortoises and you can get them excited to work with Egyptian tortoises, uh, you know, I think you did well for the species. You did well, um, you know, at, at creating, uh, you know, a future for that species. And, and especially now with them being ESA, you know, if you can get them established in a state that they're not in, I mean, you just, you just did something that probably nobody else is going to do. Mm -hmm. Correct. There's a lot of turtle keepers out there, but there's not a lot that uh, show the dedication to, to put the time and effort into one individual species like that. Yeah. yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. I have a, I have a question for all, all three of you. We're all, we're all successful professionals here, right? Dedicated professionals that have re real jobs and take them seriously, mm -hmm. right? Show of hands, who here has been involved in hiring processes before? Anyone? Kind of, yeah. Hiring, kind inter of. interviewing, yeah. In interviewing, mm -hmm. interviewing? Yeah. Only right. through the turtle right. room. <laughs> okay, all right. Okay, so this might be tough for Steve then. Uh, let's say, hypothetical, right? Mm -hmm. Hypothetical, you're interviewing somebody, you shake their hand. Are you judging them if they have a bad handshake? <laughs> little a little bit. bit. Serious question. Okay. So my answer would be absolutely. Really? And that's old school. Like this, I mean, past, past like, like we're, we're post pandemic now. So the handshake has gone, fell to the wayside. Like I'll interview people and be like, Hey, how you doing? And like, I wait if it's kind of like me with a hug, I'm a 400 pound hairy dude. Like I assume people don't want to hug me, <laughs> but if you want to hug me, you I'm assume wrong. You assume wrong. I'm not, <clears throat> I'm not coming like this to anybody. Oh, I hate that. Yeah. Uh-uh. Nope. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I'm not doing, oh my gosh, Emily. No, you don't want that, right? Nobody wants it. So anyway, my point is all of us said yes, Emily, maybe not. Okay. But, but here's the thing. It is normal for humans to judge. Okay. It's what we do. And, and for all those new folks out there who are doing things, I want you to just know that, you know, social media, it's the way it is now. You kind of, you throw it all out there, right? 
when you get something and you're posting on social media, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I just got these new rhino clemmies and nobody cares about rhino clemmies, but I do. And then three months later, they're for sale. People notice that, right? And we see it and we know who you are, right? So <laughs> I think just, just be mindful of that, right? Be mindful of what you're putting out there and just know that you, everything that you do is kind of an opportunity to show. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Absolutely. Nobody wants a, a dead fish handshake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that feels so bad. Donovan Green. I feel so bad. Donovan Green, like dead, dead fish handshake. <clears throat> yeah, so that's Jack. He works with us here. Uh, I interviewed him. He actually had a wonderful interview. Um, <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say handshake. Bad handshake? Uh, I don't remember your handshake, Jack. So I, <laughs> yeah, I was blown away by your interview. It went really well. So that's why you're still here. I... I interviewed a girl who gave me like the dead fish. Oh, yeah. like, hello. Like, like you may kiss the royal fingers. <laughs> like that's not, I don't even know what to do with so, that. Yeah. I used to do like a TED talk on handshakes back pre-pandemic, like yeah. to teach really? people about handshakes. Yeah, when I was a social worker, because part of my right. role and, and the work that I did was to help people get back to work. Mm -hmm. And yeah, handshakes yeah. matter, man. They do, but so does so does well, your social media account. Yeah, what to it's do with your animals. It's like we're watching and we're judging. It's like those details, right? Like yeah. it's yeah. not something that's difficult to learn or be a, in, uh, be intentional about. And so I think that's why people judge that little thing is because it is such a little thing. It shouldn't be difficult to be in intentional about it. And if you can't be intentional about this little tiny thing, how are you going to be intentional about this this bigger thing, right? Bingo. <clears throat> And, and like and that's why social media accounts is. are that way. Are they? They might be the current handshake, right? If you go on somebody's social media account, right, and they're just like all emotional about everything, and everything turns their volume up to ten, mm -hmm. you're like you're going to look at them and be like, "How can I expect you to act professional in a professional environment when you can't keep yourself from responding terribly to every single person you interact with?" via text on the internet because you're going to send a million emails no matter what job you're in unless you're a cashier right mm -hmm. like <clears throat> so like it's well said those the, those details ultimately end up mattering and like we look at those when we when we when we when we look at other turtle keepers we we look for those details um like and yeah. I, I i i'm not using this to 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 blow my own horn at all but like michael asked me to share some pictures of some new habitats i built on the ttpg group right what was really cool about that is a lot of people started asking about little details they noticed in my habitat right and they were like oh tell me about this thing right we all look at that kind of stuff with each other we look at those little details and like you know, when we talk about getting animals to people, like we, we ultimately want to get them to people who are paying attention to those details like Ralph has to be such a, a great Egyptian tortoise keeper because he's he's been intentional about all that little stuff. Mm -hmm. Intentional is such a great word. Yeah. 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 And you mentioned like people are going to dial it up and be all emotional, that sort of thing. We're watching a handshake takes less than a second and we're judging on it. And I'm watching somebody's dumpster fire of a social media account <laughs> unfold over the course of years. And, you know, I'm deciding whether or not I'm going to trust you with these animals. And they're not just pets. They're not, this is not a hobby. This is my life. This is my life's work. I, I, I can remember when Harambe died, um, the gorilla that was killed in a zoo. I was taught, I was a social worker at the time. And I remember saying to my coworkers, like that gorilla means more than me. And they were like, oh my 
God, what are you talking about? What about your children? I'm like, yeah, to my children, I'm more important than Harambe. But outside of that, Harambe is so much more important than I am. And like these animals are so important. There are animals right now in my basement that are hopefully doing the wild thing as we speak, who are <laughs> not, who are no longer living in the wild. So it's the most wild thing that you're going to get out of them. And and to me, that's really, really important. And I take it really seriously. Mm-hmm. It, it, so. it goes a long ways too. I, I wish someone had told me that, you know, 10, 15 years ago when I was just a, you know, young kid posting dumb stuff online all the time. And I, I look back and look yeah. some of the stuff that I see gets posted. I'm like, man, why did I say that? And I'll just delete it real quick, you know? Uh, <laughs> I, your memories, your Facebook memories will remind so, you of how dumb you were. Yeah, so like the, the trick is is sometimes you type it, but you, you just don't hit send right away and then you just erase it. I do that all the oh, time. Oh, yeah. I like, in time. fact, sometimes I think that's a good thing to do, right? You start that and like it helps you create that, that review process of your own – your own uh, per, uh, production of social media. Like you see these comments and you, you start typing, you're like, does this need to be said? Does it help anything? Does, am I going to enjoy getting the replies that I'm going to get from this? Like, yeah, yeah. Steve, yeah. Steve, your enclosure has looked incredible. So you have nothing oh, to thank look you. about. However, yeah. I will say I do not share very many uh, enclosure photos for that reason. People will tear you apart. Yeah. Online, oh, yeah. But yours looked great. Oh yeah. that's awesome yeah i'm careful about what i share too there's certain ones i share a lot of and then other ones where i'm like yeah yeah it's not it doesn't photograph well Mm -hmm. right (laughs) yeah there's yeah there's actually it's one reason i painted that new turtle room blue i wanted to be able to take more photographs in it Wow. Like, okay, right. it, like my, my current room is, you know, the other room that is, it, it's, uh, was part, it's basically like the utility area of the basement. It's either, it's either like a stucco type of finish over the concrete, or it's just kind of this like brownish drywall where in areas where it had been slightly finished. And like, it just doesn't look great as a background on any kind of picture. So when I was like, when we were like redoing the basement, we knew this was going to be a turtle space. I was like, all right, we're going with, uh, with a semi gloss sky blue uh you know the semi-gloss will hold up really well in the humidity the sky blue will be a great background for pictures and you know it was like one of those simple things i was like i want to be able to like share more what's going on let me make this room blue (laughs) i can appreciate that i work in the paint industry so (laughs) oh (laughs) see when i saw the photos of your enclosures i i had like 20 questions just on the plumbing alone i really nerded out so yeah i I definitely appreciate the effort you put into them thanks Mm -hmm. steve Steve puts a lot of thought into everything yeah even the paint I'm, I'm working on version yeah. 3.0 of my cicalia enclosures right now. I'm ready to put it. Uh, I'm working on putting a new one up, and then I'll slowly uh, update the other ones. Mm-hmm. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah, I can't wait to see it. But that's what it's all about, and, I, and that's why I love being able to do this. You know, we've done this now 102 times. Like being able to get together with people like you, Cam, and and just chatting about you know how things are going and what we've done and what we're working on, because that's how we, that's how we move it forward. And I was listening to let's talk turtles recently. I, I listened to the last three episodes, um, including Matthews and then uh, Chris Manis and um, Zach Lofman. And what, they're doing great things with their new show. So if you haven't checked them out, please make sure you do. Uh, but you know, th- this is how we push our field 
our focus, our area forward. I'm not going to call it a hobby because it's not. It's more than a hobby. Uh, this is how we push it forward is by getting together with like-minded people, talking about best practices, uh, talking about what's working, what's not working, and and just trying to be better. And, and one thing that Zach said, and we've had Zach on the podcast before, which was just an awesome episode. Um, and, and he said that on this episode of Let's Talk Turtles, um, he was talking about uh, the fact that semantics matter. And that's something we've been talking about a lot lately. That's what we talked with, with uh, Tom Arbor about when he was on. Uh, semantics matter. So I think like when we can go to, to the government when they're talking about listing the next species on the ESA, we can say, no, it's not about money. I know we're, we're, we're fighting you and we're saying they shouldn't be listed because people can't sell them across state lines, but that's not what we're all about. We have an organization that gives away 170 animals in less than a year to, yeah. because we're placing them in the right hands. The point is that it makes it difficult to do that and to stay on the right side of the law and continue doing the meaningful work that we're doing. So uh, to me, it's not a hobby. We need to start getting away from that word and and talking about it for what it is and and what he's what what zach used was the term discipline and this is somebody who has his doctorate and you know is the chair of uh and, and the department head of a a, a master's degree program with people who are doing their their theses um it's serious stuff and he's saying he doesn't like the word hobby either so mm -hmm. it's a discipline and it takes a lot of discipline and that's what we've been talking about i i find myself i i like saying it used to be my hobby <laughs> I love that. Right? Aww. Because like yeah. that it, it recognizes where it began, but also recognizes that it's far beyond that now. Because sometimes I think we also need to remember, you know, the start of our story because I think it's a really important um, because it helps, especially it, we're like one of our core tenets is education, right? For both the TTPG and the turtle room. And yeah. Like you need to remember where you were then, because those are the people we, we want to reach, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well said. I love it. Uh, Cam, any closing remarks or, or anything you'd like to share that we didn't get to? Yeah. Um. No, I don't. That's a weird way to ask it, right? Because there's too many options. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah. What do, you, uh -oh. what do you feel like talking about? No, I I think we uh, we covered what we. We, uh, we came here to discuss and yeah, I love these open chats um, because it, it gives people an idea that they're, they're not just alone in their obsession with turtles. You know, when they can see a whole chat full of people talking about it, when they can see four people spending an hour and a half out of their day talking about it, um, you know, it really, it, it really encourages them that they're, they're not alone in this. There's more people out there um, and we're all, we all have similar goals. Um, so yeah, I love, I love this kind of stuff. I think it's great for the, uh, the turtle and tortoise enthusiasts. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, Matthew wanted me to mention the BTWG. We are working on forming a group for box turtles. Uh, we haven't, uh, gotten too far with it yet, but that is something that we're, we're working on. Mm -hmm. And that would be for, for both Amer North American and uh, Asian, Asian box turtles. Yeah. Yep. Alike, yep. Yeah. Both, both. All box turtles, uh, all of them. Both genera. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
What about what about a turtle that's not a box turtle but has a hinge? Mm, that's a good. With that or, that's a good. Well, I think uh, I think Knix is. We draw the line. Yeah. Care of that. Yeah, oh, but you've got you know, you've got mud turtles. Spider tortoises, spider tortoises, blandings, mud turtles have two hinges. Like, yeah. how hinge happy do you want to get? With the hinges <laughs> on the back, yeah. There's, yeah, there's... I don't know. Uh, Cyclemes have hinges. Guys, the limit. We can we can get wild. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Cyclemes work. Um, Cameron, yeah. Cameron, do let us know how the turtle best. room can support you in said endeavor. Um, mm -hmm. Like one of my, one of the things, you know, you know, we had at one point had the, you know, that, that uh, Herman's tortoise stud book going on and stuff like that. One of the things that I had eventually wanted to do with that was even possibly create some online interface to help man it, you know, administrate and run different things like that. Um you know, similar to like DCL where people could share some data or whatever, but, um, and, uh, you know, but the, you know, there were obviously some, some issues we ran into stud book wise. I'm sure you've heard some of those conversations in the past. Um, but yeah, I'd love to, you know, chat with you guys as you, you start that up and see what, you know, what you guys are thinking about as far as some structures and other things and just kind of, uh, and so we can also help you out along the way if necessary. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Sounds good. It sounds yeah. it sounds like Steve is offering a database. Not yeah. quite. I don't have time to build something brand new yet. But uh, <laughs> but if like the framework's mostly there, but you know, I've got ideas. Listen, I, look, I, I made a post the other day. Nobody saw it, so I'll mention it here. That our interface for keeping track of of animals is incredible, and I just I have it myself. I've I've gotten. I've got, I've gotten, I've received, I don't know, something like 76 clutches this year or something. And I didn't put any of them in. And then I spent a couple nights, the last like, <laughs> two of the last four, four nights inputting all of them into our database. And as I'm doing it, I'm like, why am I not in here every day? Like, and sometimes I am for periods of like, you know, maybe a couple months I'm in there every day, making updates, you know, getting weights and updating them for certain animals. And it's just incredible what you built, Steve. It, it is incredible. I mean, there is a free version that people can use for up to 25 animals. Uh, it's called the Digital Colonian Log. So please Google that. It's incredible. It's as good as what zoos use. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely awesome. So if you haven't tried it out yet, please do. You can pay for uh, a more advanced uh, version. Steve, am I am I? You're, you're on track. Yeah, better? yeah. It's not identical okay. to our internal one because of different user permission needs and stuff. Like our internal one, like almost everybody can view things even if they can't edit them. Right on DCL, your animals are private to you. Nobody else can see them unless you choose to share them. In, you know, because there's there's a public checkbox. But so they're not identical. There are some things that are more powerful about ours because they were easy to easier to deal with. Um, uh, that way, but, um, and we do eventually hope to, to kind of expand on DCL, but again, um, both myself and Kevin Labiel, who, um, was instrumental in, in its design. Um, he used to have, he used to actually produce a, uh, a windows software. And then we eventually turned that into a, a, a web-based thing. Um, you know, he, he worked, you know, he's got his own job too. So we, we run tight on time to like build new things for that. But, um, there, we do have a bunch of things on the to-do list, but you know, 
it's also easier to figure out what things we need to do if more people are using it and providing feedback and being like, you know, this would be easier to use if X or, you know, I'd really like it if Y was in here or whatever. So um, uh, that's not a promise that things will change quickly or whatever, because we're just not main, we just don't have the ability to maintain the code base every, every day, every week, every month, even. Um, but, but yeah. Um, I want to get to these last couple questions, Steve. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, Richard, we're, we're running says, short. Richard says, happy birthday. I appreciate you. He also wants us to talk about pure Sri, Sri Lankan stars, which we are not going to. Nice try. Not on my birthday. We're not getting into that conversation. Uh, Andrew Rogers says that Cameron sounds like such a good guy. I agree, mm -hmm. Cameron. Andrew, keep him on your radar. He definitely needs some unifilis in his life, I think. And then uh, <laughs> Matthew says... The trouble for some folks uh, is plugging all of uh, plugging all the information in. He says he pays for his yearly membership to Turtle Room, but doesn't know how to use Kegel Rock. I'm just, well, it's not ours. Is you call Kegel Rock? Theirs is the Digital Colonial Rock uh, Log. What, um, what's up with that, Steve? Does he just need to try harder? Can we come? Can, can uh, yeah, I don't. I, I don't know what issue he's he's having. DCL .org. There's a button there that's like add, add a new pearl or whatever, and you just click on that and you can input input the data. Now they're supposed to get a member. They're supposed to get usage of that with their membership. Uh, if they pay for a big enough, high enough membership, right? There's multiple levels of membership. There's there's the normal membership, oh. which gets you your free calendar every year, and then there's the then there's the premium membership to DCL, which unlocks the the. Um, unlocks the unlimited number of turtles and then there's actually a combo of those two that unlocks the full version of dcl and you got a free calendar every year oh there you go there you go bargain for the whole family that it's it's awesome to have your animals in there i, I just i mean i use the version that i use but so I, i'm not as familiar with the, the dcl specifically but oh yeah matthew's saying he gives you a hundred plus dollars a year yeah that's that should cover it. That's, that sounds like more than a calendar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's the Unless premium DCL. That's the premium DCL membership. So that's you know, um, access. You know, we 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 have, we have the Turtle Room runs several different servers uh, for different things. Um, actually, some people don't know this. We actually uh, help uh, a half dozen other turtle concert or mostly turtle, but conservation organizations host their websites. We, we help save them some costs. We help provide them some, um, some support in doing so. Um, so like uh, we, we run a, we run, you know, servers for, for DCL Kaggle rock. And, um, and then we actually, um, we run the server for the, 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 tortoise and freshwater turtle specialist group for the IUCN, the server that uh, they use for, you know, communicating with each other, a group that's 300 plus strong. That's one of the things that the turtle room provides as well. So like, <clears throat> so when we, you know, when we have to price a membership for something like, like DCL, we have to consider server costs, the space by letting you use unlimited animals. Like the more people that we pay for that, you know, helps us increase server size to, you know, hold those pictures or that data in there, for instance. So. Well, that's great. That's a good place to end. Yeah. Listen, if you're looking to buy a turtle, check out Cameron Lamb Exotics. Uh, he's got cool stickers that he puts on the box. And <laughs> he's, you know, an upstanding citizen who does things the right way and is in it for the animals first. Mm -hmm. And so, one more time, yeah, real quick. Also, 
Conference. Yeah. Yep. One more time, real quick. South Florida Herb Conference uh, website address is right there. Um, so you, I, I'm going to leave it up there for a few seconds, so you can like zoom the video back after we close off here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so, just uh, if you're in Florida, especially, or you can get there and you're, you can you know take that time. Uh, it looks like it's going to be a great couple of days of, of turtle talks. So check that out, and uh, we're super proud to be able to sponsor that. Go check it out. Get yourself some some TTR swag along the way, and here's some really great talks, Cameron. Great to have you on again, man. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Sure. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. It's a blast. Yeah. Thanks, kid. Appreciate you. Appreciate it.